0: Now the Predators cross ice pass score right off of the pass to the left side. Hello hockey fans and welcome to off the post. I'm your host Kyle Savetic. and before I get into the series between Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricane, I want to say that this is going to be up on Chicagoland Sports Radio. You can download uh, tune in. To listen to this podcast, as well on Spreaker. This will go up on my personal uh, page as well. Be sure to follow me on Twitter uh, at iivtechii for any updates, posts, all that other stuff. I also have my own Facebook page. You can like and follow and comment on there as well. Same thing as my Twitter handle. This series, I I I had a feeling right that the Boston Bruins were going to beat the carolina hurricane anyways but then after the first two games where boston scores more than they score five to six goals and only give up two goals i knew that this series was probably going to end up in a sweep but i didn't want to be sure until after game three because carolina hasn't hasn't lost at home until this series right hurricanes have a goaltending issue Okay, Peter Mrazek played very well all the way up until where he got hurt in Game Two. Yeah, Game Two of the New York Islanders and uh, McKinney came in and sealed the deal. But was Mrazek really at a hundred percent when he coming into this game? When into the, at least two games because he ended up getting switched out in Game Three and Four. But in in the overall aspect, the Hurricanes really showed. What kind of team they are when they face players that really get under people's skin, right? Marchand really got under the skin of um, Williams, Justin Williams, I believe it was in game three. Yes, game three it was. He had three penal or three penalties, so total in the six minutes. Now I I don't remember if it was in game two or game three where Marchand kind of had that high sticking and Justin Williamson turned around and ripped his helmet off, whatever that case may be. But for Williams, it, it's a matter of you're the captain, right? And you have to lead the team as your captain. And and he said, I, this had to been in game two because he, he owned up to his failures in game two, saying he took too many penalties, whatever the case may be, he shouldn't have done it. Blah, 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 all that. And he turns around in game three and does the same exact thing. So on that side of things, I, I really think the coach, I even if I had the coach's name pulled up, I could never say his name. I wouldn't ever say it right. But the Carolina head coach, he really needed to rope his troops in and really talk about what's going on You know, with the situation that they're in. So, yes, he's the fir- first-year head coach, and I think he's coming to the league very well. He took a Carolina Hurricane team that hasn't been in the playoff in nine years and bring them to the Eastern Conference Finals to get swept. It is what it is. But Carolina's a young team. They fought hard. You know, They were this storm surge kind of team that really broke through. But you're you're not going to get anywhere with penalties, lack of defense, lack of effort. I mean – the first game, they had the effort was there, but nothing really worked out for them. Game two, they didn't really have the effort, the penalties. I mean, all the, I think each team had five, five penalties each side. So there's 20 minutes of hockey that were just consisted of power plays. That's a whole period, really. Each team having, you know, not, I think there was a couple that were, you know, four on four. I think there was a five on three, so on and so forth we'll we'll get more into the discussion. I want to kind of get through the series, the series stats here. Um game 1, Boston 5-2, two. game 2, Boston 6-2, game 3, Boston 2, Carolina 1, game 4, which was last night, Boston 4, Carolina nothing. And we'll go we'll run through the shots real quick to get an idea of how the shots were about. Um Boston 27, 25, 31, 22. That's all in order from Game 1 to Game 4. Carolina had 31, 23, 36, and 24. I'll get into Rask stats here real quick. He had 99 saves on 114 shots, a 955 save percentage, 6 goals against for a 1.5 goals against average. Rask is the reason Boston is this far in the playoffs right now. Hands down is the reason. He is the sole reason. And I said in the last podcast, in order for Boston to move on, they're going to need him to play very well, and he did. Now, on the hurricane side, right, you had a bit of a goaltending issue, right? Peter Mrazek played the first two games. 42 saves, 52 shots, a 806 save percentage, 10 goals against with a goals against average of 5. Curtis McIntyre, Haney, however you say his name, had 48 saves, 30, 53 shots, a 899 save percentage, five goals against, with a 2.5 goals against average. He played a lot better than Mrazek did. And I don't know if that's because Peter Mrazek ended up having an injury, you know, with the injury coming off of the New York Islanders. My, my biggest thing was in Game 2, when Boston was just hammering away, they were scoring goals. They were up so much. Let me let me look re- real quick here at that game two. What what the score was before Carolina got those two kind of crappy goals that I think Tuukka was just like, I'm out of this game. I really don't care. So yeah, they I think they were up six nothing. They were up six nothing. But when the Bruins scored in the first or third period by Davis. David Back is like right into the third period right then and there. I'm thinking, why, why is he not? Why is Carolina's head coach not pulling him? Right. You got to pull Morazic because it's just going to turn into a, a crap shoot. And it kind of did. They scored one more goal. And then uh, Justin Williamson and table Tara Vinen, they all had one goal kind of thing going on, whatever the case may be. I, and the other interesting thing was that the Carolina head coach has never pulled a goalie in a game. He's never pulled the goalie to switch another goalie in and out. And you got to think of it as like um, like a pitcher, right? If a pitcher's giving up home run after home run after home run, you, you really think you're going to leave him in there? No, you're going to pull him out probably after the third or fourth home run depending on what inning it is. I mean, if it's late in the game, you know, starting pitch, you're going to pull him or even a reliever or a closer or whatever. You're going to pull him because, one, you're trying to win a game. And if you keep giving up home runs, you got to either – something's got to change. Same thing with the goalie. That's got to change. You know, yes, it's 5-0. It's more of a confidence thing at that point, right? It's more of the confidence. You know, you keep him in there and he's just getting goals against, goals against, goals against. You you got to pull him. Even in, even after the second period, I, I think you should have pulled Mrazek. But but then in game two, or game three and four, you put uh, Makahini Macca- in. He did a lot better, as you can see, with the goals against and the goal. I mean, he cut it in half. In those two games, he cut it in half. And it's the same, same team, basically, that... Boston or Carolina faced with with Boston what I mean is Boston kept the pressure on they were the team to beat They're they're going in full force but really what it came down to was I believe it was in game two there was a lot of turnovers either Boston would get you know turn not turn the puck over but take away um, Carolina was given the puck over like crazy and it came down to a defensive matter and when that happens, you got to put another goalie back there to kind of say, hey, we got we got to change things up here a little bit. Boston is in it to win it. Carolina was in it to win it until after Game 2. I think after Game 2, that's when things kind of settled down for Carolina realizing, oh, we... I mean, they've been in this position before, but they haven't... You know, when they faced Washington, I don't think Washington was on their A game. I think they were looking over them. I think that's what happened this year in the playoffs as a general, as all four wildcard teams made it to the second round. I think a lot of them looked over them and was like, hey, no issue. And I think New York looked over them. But I think Boston was like, yo, like this team's good. We can't let this happen. We have to play our A game. And And that's what ended up happening. They ended up playing their A game very well to end it in four. But what I really think it comes down to it comes down to a couple things. That Boston is a team that likes to get under your skin. They they like to dig and you know, Marshan known for it. you can call him a dirty player. I see him more as a person that's gonna get under your skin. I mean there's a lot of dirty plays that happen in hockey. You know, in any sport really there's any kind of dirty, dirty games or dirty players, but when you get when you're in the playoffs and you're trying to get other people's skins because this is what that that's What ends up happening is you start to kind of get at people and some people get frustrated, cause penalties like Justin Williamson did. Williams, not Williamson. I don't know why I keep saying that. But the real big thing was Marchand was playing, you know, getting under the skin, but he kept himself kind of clean, which is very odd for him during the regular. There's a total difference between the regular season and postseason. Regular season, you're going to get caught with a couple things. Postseason, you're going to be like, okay, I can't let myself get too out of hand. I'm going to get under the skin. I'm going to talk some chirp. I'm going to hit, get a late hit the ref doesn't see. But I'm not going to retaliate against something that's going to happen, right? But then it comes down to special teams here. Carolina had 14 power play opportunities. They scored one. In game two and game three, game two they had four. Game three they had five. That is something that they should have cashed in on something. They should have cashed in, and they didn't. Boston, on the other hand, their power play is outstanding. They went two for four, or two for five, two for two, one for five, and two for three. They had fifteen opportunities. They scored seven of them for forty-six percent. While Carolina was one for fourteen and at a whopping seven percent. That game three, when there was a period of nothing but penalties you you have to cash in but that's when Rask comes in right he understands the game he knows what's going on he's going to play out of his mind and that's what he did but boston really getting production from their bottom line their third and fourth line through the first 3 games then their fourth and then their first line comes in and really seals the deal and that's something that needs to be done through these playoffs because like I said in in the last podcast, was you're gonna have the first and second lines going at it. Third and fourth lines are the are the are the people that are gonna score. So that's what that was a key example. The first three games, the third and fourth line really kicking in for Boston. There has to be a point where you have to fight back a little bit. And even though you're down 3-0, watching the game today, I think Boston played a perfect game. I mean, obviously, you know, Tucaras played a perfect game having a shutout. But when your goaltender is playing hot and your defense is backing up, you're going to get more opportunities like that. I have Boston all the way because on the other side of things, I don't see Martin Jones or Bennington from St. Louis playing as well as what – to is, and when you know when they when you come down to who's the hottest goaltender is going to end up winning a Stanley Cup or winning a series blah 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 In that side I don't know who the hottest goaltender is I mean it's it's a goal fest and there's no elite goaltender over there Martin Jones is an experienced guy but he's not a goalie that is going to really shine because He's just one I don't I don't know what he's just not one of those goalies that that that's gonna shine now he's gonna shine in some moments and he's gonna have key saves here and there. I mean all goalies do in the NHL, but he's not gonna be that guy. He's not gonna be the guy that's gonna help them win a Stanley Cup. Bennington is a rookie. I think he has the I think St. Louis has the team around him. He just doesn't have that experience yet. You know, his rookie year, he makes it the Western Conference Finals. That's good experience. That's something he needs to work off of. And even if he doesn't make the Stanley Cup, he's going to look upon it and be like, all right, cool. i gotta, I got to work h- much harder than that. But on Carolina's side, you have two older goaltenders. What are you going to do there? I don't know. I, I know that they got a trade from Scott Darling from the Blackhawks. That's why they have like Tevo Vine and they have a couple other people. I don't know what happened to him. But for Chicago, he played very well. He was a good backup goal. And I was very upset when Chicago got rid of him. And then we ended up getting like Cam Ward out of it. And whatever, that's beside the point. But my point is here is you had a goaltender who was just coming in. He was, when he was with the Hawks, he was like to what, 27, 28. You know, he was up there. But I think he was starting to kind of get into his role a little bit. I, they must have got Mrazek and thinking, oh, he must be – much better but he didn't do anything with detroit so i don't know why carolina went went that route they had a potential goaltender who who could have won a stanley cup with carolina if they were to have used them so i'm not sure i don't know if it was injury or whatever the case may be if you're a carolina hurricane fan you can comment and let me know what that issue is like what what happened there i'm not quite sure i didn't do my research on it because you know i don't care about carolina I didn't think they would make the play- playoffs in the first se- first place. I didn't think they were going to make it this far, but they did. They played really hot. I think it was just that they caught fire at the right time and then they met the Bruins, who was also very hot. But but for Boston, what they need to do to continue the dominance is yes, they're they're going to be rested. And I I think the St. Louis San Jose game series is probably going to go to game seven. So that means the shark's going to be playing. If the sharks move on, they're going to be playing 21 games, right? Back to back to back to back with a couple, you know, not back to back to back, but you get, you get my drift with maybe one or two days where they had two days in a row off. And especially, I'm not sure who's going to get home ice advantage on that portion of it because I think, Think, I think San Jose, well, no, I don't know because they're both ranked 2. I think it's going to come down to points, and I think Boston would take that, but I'm not quite positive. But if San Jose has to go to Boston first, being done with a Game 7 at San Jose because they are the highest ranking seed, going all the way across country to come to the East Coast there is going to be some fatigue, jet lag. You know, I don't think it may not hit them in the first game, but the second game, it definitely will. Then they have to travel back all the way to San Jose. And Boston, you know, will have to travel the same distance, but they have those two games at home. But, I mean, things could be reversed on either side if, you know, But it's a different scenario if Boston uh, goes that way. But I'll make my prediction and talk more about that if that happens same thing with St. Louis. St. Louis will have to travel to the East Coast. I mean, it's only Missouri is only half of what San Jose would have to do. But if Boston can keep the heat going, I mean, I think Boston, I me personally, sweeps I think sometimes hinder teams, especially the early, late sometimes. It it depends on the series. If it's a close series all the way through, then you kind of keep that momentum. But when you have blowout games, I mean, the last two games were really close until that last game, which they scored an empty netter. But if the games aren't close, you kind of get that 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 swagger to you, like, yeah, we we swept this team, we're going to the Stanley Cup Finals, we're going to be that good versus a team who had to fight their way into the the Stanley Cup Finals. There may be a bit of a you know positive side to that team that's already hot versus a team that was hot had a had. You know, they could end up having a week off, then coming and trying to find their legs again. So if I'm a Boston fan, I would have hoped maybe that game, the game would have maybe gone to game five. Game five, I think, is a bit bit better because of the time off. But, you know, getting a clean sweep versus a team that, you know, I mean, even though the Sharks up 2-1, I mean, they can win the next two games and Bam were in the Stanley Cup finals already. But it's just depending if it goes to game seven or not. Tukaraz still has to play very well. Boston can't take penalties because both of San Jose and St. Louis can score. They have the ability to win series. They have ability to try and find a way. To, that's why I, the, the Western Conference, the Western Conference Finals is more going to be more entertaining than Boston Carolina. Boston Carolina had a lot of hype to it because Boston is Boston and Carolina is like bam, we're hot, let's go. But San Jose and St. Louis is a toss up. I'm like I, I don't know who's going to win out of this. So I'm just going to tick pick the team that I think is going to be the hottest and that's the team that's going to go. But here's an interesting thing while we're wrapping things up here. Here here's a quick interesting little fact. Boston Red Sox win last year. The New England Patriots win the Super Bowl this year and if Boston wins that's three teams that win a championship in less than 365 days the only one you're missing is the Boston Celtics and I I think they lost like the first round but I forget who they are I don't really pay attention to basketball because you know this is a hockey podcast right so we're, we're more along the lines of hockey but that's still crazy to think that three team or three teams from one city could possibly win a championship that's going to be historical because I'm not I, I don't think anyone has done that I know it was close when I believe Boston faced Chicago in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2013 but that's why I'm gonna give an edge to Boston here even though San Jose, I guess, they went in, what, 16? They went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost to Pittsburgh. But Boston is one of those teams that's been in the Stanley Cup Finals in the past decade three times. While San Jose has been twice, who are you going to really give the edge to? I'm still going to give it to Boston. I'm still thinking they want that second ring. They weren't able to do it against Chicago. They did it in, what was it, 2011? Or 2012 they won. I forget what year it was. It's going to be, no matter what, the Santa Cup Final is going to be a good game, a good series. I hope it doesn't end in a sweep. It should be a good one. But, like I said, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Remember, this podcast will be on Chicagoland Sports Radio. You can download, uh, tune in, and go, I believe it's chicagolandsports.com, or chicagolandsportsradio.com. Uh, that is ran by the school that I am a part of. You can listen to my podcast there as well on Twitter or Spreaker. Just look up off the post on Spreaker by Kyle Savetich, and you should find it. I also have another podcast, V Tech Talks Blackhawks Hockey, which is all about the Blackhawks. So if you're a Blackhawks fan, be sure to go over there and get on that hype train. There, I also have my own Facebook page the same as my Twitter handle. But I hope you you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you kind of got my perspective on things and what I saw from my perspective as a fan perspective. I'm not an analyst. I am not certified in hockey to tell you exactly what's right and wrong. But I am here from a fan's perspective, watching the games, understanding what's going on. Like I said, if you have a comment, question, concern, anything, just uh, tweet at me, all that other good stuff. But I hope you enjoy the rest of your night, rest of your evening, whenever you're watching this, and hopefully catch you in the next episode. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.